officer or former intelligence official. He says the government released that information in order to damage his credibility. And tonight at 6 Eastern, Elizabeth Vargas will speak live with Ross Coulthard. He's the investigative journalist who broke this story for News Nation. I'm Nicole Burley. That is all for News Nation now on this Thursday. I thank you so much for watching. We're going to give you a look at our primetime lineup. There it is. But first, the biggest headlines out of our nation's capital. The Hill starts in five seconds. Pork chops, corn dogs, and candidates. That must mean it's time for the Iowa State Fair. Republican presidential hopefuls now starting to descend on the Hawkeye State for one of the most important weekends of their campaign. And that includes the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. He's shaken up his staff, trying to battle some tough headlines. And now he's speaking exclusively with News Nation, what he told our Kelly Meyer coming up in minutes. Plus, the Maui coastline devastated, the historic town of Lahaina destroyed. And now President Biden says help is on the way for Hawaii. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Hello there. Thanks for joining us once again on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined tonight by Mark Lauder, former press secretary to the vice president, Mike Pence. May Millman, former attorney in the Trump White House. Tim Hogan was a former spokesperson for Hillary Clinton. And Johanna Mosca, former Obama official and News Nation contributor. Hello to you all. Good to have you here. Iowa has 99 counties. You've been to how many? Most of them, I haven't counted. <laughs> Pretty close to 99. All 99? Yeah, almost, I think so, yeah. yeah. We, we uh, got around that state. I don't know if you remember the Obama campaign, <laughs> yeah. but it launched us. <laughs> All right. uh, we'll talk about Iowa in a second here. Um, as our Kelly Meyer uh, sat down with Ron DeSantis. A pretty big interview today as Kelly is on the fair, at the fairgrounds there in Des Moines. Kelly, uh, what did the Florida governor tell you there as he's got a pretty important weekend on his hands? Hey there, Blake. Hey, guys. Yeah, you know, he's coming out here with uh, a campaign shakeup happening. Uh, just fired his campaign manager, shuffling around his staff. He's dropping in the polls here in Iowa. But when we talked to him today, you wouldn't have known that because he's saying that he has momentum here in the state. He was out there uh, campaigning across Iowa. He was about two hours from here in Cedar Rapids. He made two stops at smaller family restaurants, uh, talking with voters one-on-one. And then he also was here with his wife, Casey, and his three children, uh, touring across the state, actually in the Never Back Down bus. He's being brought on as a special guest. We'll get to that more a little bit later. Uh, But again, he is saying that he is uh, feeling hopeful and positive about the response he is getting from voters here in the state. Uh, We asked him about Trump trolling him ahead of this weekend and bringing out the Florida congressional delegation. We asked him about, you know, the attacks he may face on the debate stage because former President Trump isn't set to be there. So they might aim all of their attacks at DeSantis. Uh, And then we asked him about, you know, what it looks like in the days and weeks ahead. And as we said, he is feeling positive and excited about what's to come. Take a listen. Voters should focus on the substance. Well, first of all, it's not even clear if voters, they focus on substance. They don't care about the process. They care about the future of the country. And they want to see what you as president will do uh, to get this country going in a better direction. And so anytime you have an opportunity, you know, to speak to a crowd here and take questions, to be at the fair, to do a debate, those are obviously great opportunities. And the more we're able to do that, uh, the better that, that we're able to do. And in Iowa, we've been able to, you know, develop a following because we're showing up to people's communities and you got to earn this nomination and you got to earn the presidency uh, nobody's entitled to it and voters expect you to make your case and you're going to be out there this saturday um trump is also going to be there he's bringing the florida delegation that's endorsed him do you feel like he's trolling you in some way what do you what's your reaction to this well look i just i think it just shows like i'm the guy that takes you know i get attacked by the left the democrats the biden harris the media trump So I must be somebody that they consider to be a threat, because if not, you would kind of just ignore and go on. But I can tell you this, I'm going to be there with with Governor Kim Reynolds. Uh, You know, Donald Trump has attacked Governor Kim Reynolds. She's done a great job here. Iowans love her. Uh, I'm proud as a Republican to see a Republican governor like Kim Reynolds get so many great things done. I don't believe it's good for the party to be attacking 
people like Kim Reynolds. And so we're going to do the fair side chat with her. Trump is not doing that chat with Kim Reynolds, even though he had an opportunity to do so. So I think most Iowans, you know, want to see, you know, how are Iowans responding to you? And I'm fortunate to say we've gotten more endorsements from legislators in Iowa uh, than any candidate running by far. And that is going to mean more to people in their communities than trying to pull whatever they're trying to pull. And you mentioned the attacks as well. Uh, Trump on, is not going to be on stage with, at the debate. Uh, you'll be the next front runner in line. Do you feel like people are going to be aiming their attacks at you? And how are you preparing right now for that first debate? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, look, I, you know, when, when they're attacking you, that means you're over the target. So we're, we're happy to field that and, and we'll, uh, we'll hold our own because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm running to actually win the presidency and do all these great things. I don't have any other motive. I don't want to get a, a cable news deal. I'm not trying to sell, sell anything. I don't want a cabinet post. Uh, we're running, we're running to win. And we've got a record of achievement that I think our voters appreciate because politicians overpromise and underdeliver. We've actually delivered on everything we've promised and overdelivered in many respects, and that's what we need in Washington. The time for excuses is over. We got to get the job done. You got to beat Biden. You got to get in there, and you got to get all this stuff done. We will do it because at the end of the day, our country's in decline, and we need to reverse the decline. I just wanted to ask. I know you're going around with Never Back Down, the bus, and everything um, as a special guest. I was curious. Um, you know. Does that mean anything that you're not going around with your own campaign bus? You guys are combining forces. Is it unusual to go around with Never Back Down? What well, does so, that mean? No, I mean, I think when, when, the, when this group was formed, you know, usually these groups just run TV ads and they said they're going to do a lot of grassroots stuff. So they started creating an organization before I was even a candidate. And so that's really, really positive to see that. And so, you know, anything we can tap into uh, to be able to advance the message, we're going to do. But I think it's really unprecedented the success they've had to start this organization, sign up a lot of people. We've got some of the best activists in Iowa that have been supporting us since before I announced for president. I obviously couldn't have done that at the time because I didn't have a com campaign committee. So they really got ahead. And we are right now uh, ahead of where we thought we would be in Iowa when we launched the campaign. There's a lot more work to do, but uh, we're very pleased with the progress. And now tonight, Team Trump is targeting Team DeSantis uh, and warning state parties that basically they cannot work with a super PAC as if it was re representing a candidate. So targeting DeSantis there for what he's doing with the Never Back Down PAC, you guys. All right, Kelly Meyer, live for us in Iowa. Kelly, thank you. So as that interview was playing there, Lauder, former <laughs> Trump White House, and Mosca, former Obama White House, said the exact same thing. What was it? We did. That we went through the entire interview where he talked about process and never mentioned one issue. Yeah. He never gave the voters, whether they're watching News Nation, uh, News Nation or whether they're listening to him at the Iowa State Fair, one reason to vote for him. And yet he was complaining about the only process, the only well, focus is process. And Kelly gave him many opportunities to talk about what would he talk about on the debate stage. You twist everything. You can twist it. And he did not tell the voters why it mattered that he was even there. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, I do want Trump to show up, you know. And it's like, who are you running against and why are you running? And that is the reason that his campaign is not getting traction. What's up with the campaign there for Ron DeSantis? So obviously the DeSantis campaign has not been the thing that I guess DeSantis supporters have hoped for. But at the same time, he's walking this really fine line where if you want to take Trump and bash him over the head and say his COVID policy sucked and look at everything that he did, you're going to lose Trump supporters and you want to gain those Trump supporters. Fifty percent of Trump supporters say that they're willing to follow somebody else. And so when DeSantis talks about I'm just like the good guy here talking about process, he's at least not losing those supporters. I, uh, why is he gaining them? What reason yeah, do they have? He's given, he's given no contrast. And I think what people thought was going to be Ron DeSantis's campaign or what he pitched was, I'm going to be Trump with the attention span. Instead, we got Trump with less charisma. And that's just not a good place to be. You look at the New York Times-Siena poll, and this is the hard spot that Ron DeSantis is in. On the issues, people prefer Trump no matter what side you're on, whether you want to cut Social Security or increase Social Security, whether or not you think corporations are woke and we should go after them or we should leave the corporations around. We should have more aid to Ukraine or less aid to Ukraine. He's just dominating the field. I'm, I'm, I'm not coming to, I'm not taking a side here, but when you <laughs> look at, can we put up the Iowa Republican polling? Um, Ron DeSantis is running second there, right? 
And so Donald Trump, and there are the numbers, 44, distance. by a long distance, right? So I mean, for all the, right. all the the negative headlines and what's going on with DeSantis and, and all this, at the end of the day, he entered sec, uh, second in the race yes. to the, by the way, the former president of the United States. And where is he? He's still there. Well, and look, I drove 30,000 miles around that state and I watched voters are very slow to change, to move. But I will say, you know, one of the biggest problems is his wife was a local TV anchor. I think she's dynamic and she's powerful on message, but she's not a strategist. It's not like Michelle Obama was telling Barack Obama what to say. There was David Axelrod. There was David Pluff. There were people who actually knew what to say. And I don't think DeSantis has those people. I mean, we talked about he's got a lawyer running his campaign. He's got to have a message that actually resonates with the people of Iowa more than just taking your family to the state fair. And I got to tell you, we did it better. Just Tim, saying. You were, with Hillary, you were with Hillary Clinton in 2016. Yeah. And a lot of the criticisms then were the personality, the character. She's not a good candidate. And we saw what happened. Can Ron, she won the nomination. She did win the nomination, yeah, nobody but she didn't really win the general. Can, you, can, can Ron DeSantis eventually be the next president of the United States if he has some of the same, as many would say, uh, issues with the personality that, that Hillary Clinton I feel had. like every day we get a new clip of Ron DeSantis interacting with a voter and everyone walks away from it feeling very weird. <laughs> and I think in Iowa and in New Hampshire in these states where they expect retail politics that you're going to go talk with voters, you're going to convince them for a long period of time, that's a huge problem. So I don't, I, I think the whole let Ron be Ron is kind of the way they're looking to get out of this muck that they're in with all of the campaign resets. I really don't know that that's the answer, and that's a conundrum. I don't all know right. how they get out of it. Well, from Iowa and the trail now over to the tragedy that is unfolding in Hawaii, the death toll there now uh, from the fast-moving wildfires has risen to 36 people dead. President Biden is in Salt Lake City today and made it a point to say that his administration is sending help. Watch. We have just approved a major disaster declaration for Hawaii, which will get aid in the hands of the people desperately needing help now. They've lost, uh, anyone who's lost a loved one whose home has been damaged or destroyed is going to get help immediately. So action out of the White House today, obviously it's it's an awful story there in Hawaii. When, When you're in the White House and something like this happens, Take us behind the curtain for a second. What is a president or a vice president thinking, and what are the actions that, that spawn from Well, that? the first thing is, where are our resources, and how do we get them deployed? Now, luckily, because, obviously, Pearl Harbor, the whole military complex, yeah. we're, we have the assets there. Yeah. We have the assets that can be deployed quickly. Then it's just a question of getting the paperwork signed, making sure that all the funding is there, and then making sure, because... Every national disaster, regardless of party, is Mm -hmm. locally executed, state-supported, with the feds in the background with help when when the states and locals are overwhelmed. So we've got to support them, give them the tools they need, and then move in with as much resources as we can. Yeah, it's funny. So the state is the one that actually has to request the help. So the first person that needs to mobilize is the state. It goes over to the Department of Homeland Security. They check all the boxes, make sure you're eligible, and then it goes through like a bureaucratic process in the White House. So the fact that it was able to go through all those steps this quickly actually is uh, pretty encouraging that you will see help go there pretty soon. I mean, just to go back to Iowa for a second, like (laughs) Trump or DeSantis really should have hit Trump on this basis. Trump did raid FEMA money to go pay COVID benefits. Like there are so many hooks. I do kind of agree with you uh, that if you were DeSantis, you could actually be using a lot of things that you see here to hit. It is. People are hurting. I mean, we've been to Lahaina. We were talking about it before the banyan tree and my cousin was living there until just recently. And so to see these images, I know my mom had texted it to me. And at first, nothing was coming out because it's Hawaii. It's also that road. There's only one road in and one road out. So they are dealing with so many complexities of being on an island. Um, I am praying for them. And uh, I am glad that we have a government that is competent enough to get the resources very quickly. Back to what you said, though, May. That would be opportunistic, would it not? Like, okay, I mean, but if you guys are saying the guy needs to go whack Trump, then like I'm giving you a well, tool. I mean, put it this way. <laughs> uh, you know, if he wanted to, there's there's a very sim- there's a close similarity to what happened in Fort Myers when it was obviously devastated by the hurricane. And Fort Myers, much like Lahaina, is so tourism oriented. Yes. So to offer his comments as a lesson of 
I know what they're going through. I know how to get this done. And, you know, obviously, if the governor of Hawaii, I, you know, I'm, I'm expressing your support, expressing yeah. your experience and how we can help. Then that's about as far as I'm going to go at that point, and then let's let's leave natural disasters off the political table for a while. And yeah. it is also a broader question about climate change. I know we have a disaster; you have to focus on getting relief. But we are hearing from experts that this is about dry vegetation, high winds, uh, humidity. We are experiencing wildfires from Canada as well. It's a conversation we're going to continue to have because disasters like this are going to continue to happen. All right. Well, coming up, Congress. And college sports. Lawmakers first got involved with student athletes getting paid, as you know. Should they now get involved in a chaotic conference shakeup? This is big out on the West Coast. We'll talk to the former U.S. Uh, Education Secretary and get his thoughts. Coming up here on The Hill on News Nation. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Extra tutoring, extra time, summer school, after school, longer days, Saturday. Um, our children need to get the help they need now to catch up and be on track to graduate from high school and pursue their dreams, whether it's a four-year university, two-year community college, trade, technical, and vocational training. Yeah, you talk about underperforming students. Uh, the numbers show that, that students who needed the help the most fell behind the most. Uh, students at the, the 10th and 25th percentiles fell by 14 and 12 points. You know, I remember uh, when all of this was going on, Arnie, and there were lots of questions and concerns about the teachers' unions and whether or not they went too far in potentially keeping kids out of class. Did the teachers' unions, Arnie, fail us and fail the children during COVID? Well, you saw different school districts in different states stay out different amounts of time. Um, what I have seen is universally across the nation, our children are behind. So for me, it's not you know, about pointing fingers and looking backwards. It's about going forward and getting the kids the help that they need. And again, the kids who need the most help were already the ones that were furthest behind. But should, so should, someone, be, should someone be held accountable? I mean, at least as we look back and try to figure out what happened. Uh, I mean, you, you got to say, you know, so, some people didn't handle this properly. Well, I guess, honestly, what I think who needs to be held accountable is all of us right now to help kids uh, catch up. <laughs> It doesn't help a kid catch up to point fingers and, you know, sort of try and figure out what happened in the past. What we can do is give millions of kids the tutoring, the extra support, the extra help in math and reading. And we have to empower parents. We need to be very honest with parents, which we're often not, and let them know exactly where their students are. If they're doing great, great. But if they're not, let's be honest and partner with parents and help them help us help their children to catch up. You went to Harvard. And I heard you played a little basketball there during your time, uh, played professionally as well. There's a lot going on right now, uh, Arnie, with college sports. Here was a headline in the Washington Examiner just a couple days ago, quote, it's time for Congress to end college football conference expansion. Pac-12, one of the biggest conferences, essentially uh, going dead uh, just in the recent days here. And folks are wondering what's going to happen with their college football and happen with their universities. You think Congress gets involved? And you think, do you think they should? Well, I co-chair the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics. So this is something that I think about a lot and have a lot of passion for. And what I hate is just the economics, the TV contracts, specifically football contracts, are driving all this movement. And so you have you know, schools that are on the West Coast joining conferences in the East Coast and Midwest. And this is all just about football and football revenue. And it's nothing about what's good for student athletes. And I just think about the students on the swim team and the golf team and the field hockey team and the lacrosse team and the amount of time they're going to be traveling. And it is in no one's best interest. 
And so what I've been very clear in advocating for, I don't think Congress is in any position to fix anything right now. I think those major uh, Power Five conferences should just break off college football and make its own separate thing. Let's be honest. Let's call it professional. So let me ask you. So let me ask you, because this is a question I've been thinking about. Why do you need the NCAA, Arnie? Well, I think the NCAA, unfortunately, has become pretty irrelevant. It's a very fair question, something I've grappled with and continue to grapple with. But for, again, those football, you know, Power Five conferences, um, those players are making many hundreds of thousands of dollars in NIL. Um, I don't know how much they're going to class or not going to class. But let's just be honest. Let's just call it, you know, professional or semi-professional. Let's just break it off and then let the vast majority, the 95% of college athletes, that are actually true student athletes that are going to class and graduating. It was not all just about the economics of universities and coaches getting rich. Let them continue to do that. College athletics, I think, is an amazing uh, breeding ground for future uh, leaders in our nation. I think along with the military, college athletics is a fantastic place to do that. But where it's just not, honestly, college sports anymore, uh, let's, let's let's just be clear about that. Let's just be clear. All right. Arnie Duncan, fascinating. Uh, Good to hear from you. Hope you come on back another time. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. He was one of the bas- he was a basketball player. I was a golf unsuccessful for a year <laughs> at Michigan. I will never forget when we when I got there first week and they sent had us NCAA gave us a stack of papers this high to sign and you went and he basically signed everything away. And now it's gone completely 180 to what Arnie's talking about. And I, and I just wonder like What's going to happen with the NCAA? Do we need it? And is Congress going to get involved here? Well, I think for the sports, and I'm from Indianapolis, where the NCAA is now headquartered, uh, I think the NCAA is now more important than ever for the non-football sports. Because we need to give you the chance on the golf team. My daughter played D1 college volleyball. Uh, Not those money-making sports, but by the way, the sports that are largely funded by the football programs, by the money that's generated from those TV contracts, and in the Midwest, the a little bit of basketball here and there because that's what we take seriously. But you, so, but you need that because I, I want those volleyball players, the track kids, the the swim team, the golf players. Although I did see college golf on the Golf Channel the other day, so that's a great side. Contracts, money, but all so that. all of that is very important, and I think you need the NCAA to, to be there to help that. You know, I never thought in all my days in this earth that I would agree with Arnie Duncan, but <laughs> I really do. As far as separating football out, I think that if you had like a super conference that was just the best teams and let everyone else play close by. I was a tutor for Kansas Athletics in undergrad, and they wouldn't even let me tutor the basketball uh, kids because they had professionals. Now, I want to get back to... When I was in study hall, we were with the basketball team. They had their own set. I mean, it's like a big factory at these schools. It's like not. No, I want to get back to what he was talking about, though, at the, you know, that 13-year-old who is struggling with reading. Like, this is actually very real. And I am a public school mom, and I've seen all of these struggles myself. And I think what you were asking about, like, anyone who believed that we should open bars before we open schools, they should all be held accountable. Sure. But now the teachers are very much part of the process of trying to bring kids along. And I am seeing them spend hours after after work, uh, you know, before work. I have seen teachers reach out to us, and we cannot discount that they are heroes in our community. Tim, I'll ask you the same question I asked him. Do the teachers' unions, I mean, need to be, like, what, what do we do about what happened a couple of years ago? I think we have to remember that it was a once-in-a-generation pandemic, right? Yeah. Like, it was, very, it was very serious. At the same time, I think we've seen a decline in student performance before the pandemic. So to yeah. latch it all on just to school closures and doing remote learning, I don't think is, is, is right. It has to deal with mental health. It has to deal with social media use. It has social to media de- use deal with how, you know, kids are evolving in a different environment. And all it's about looking rights, forward. Not talking about social yeah. media. Talking social about, media is the story. It needs to be about school choice. Yeah, as part of that accountability, I think the special uh, task force on COVID in Congress is asking for, what have you done with all the money, though? Because we did ask you to do more things, right? They spent $120 billion plus $60 billion extra 
what happened to it? What I mean, the kids are continuing. Well, there's a bunch of tax home. revenue that wasn't coming in because we shut everything down. But you still have to pay your teachers. And sometimes they were literally having to do hand washing stations and all of yeah. these things because of the guidance that was being given out. There, there should be a book written on this, but now he's right. We need to do everything for our kids in this school year. I hope we all do. My son's going back to school next <laughs> Ours in a couple weeks. So you two agreed on Ron DeSantis, and you agreed with Arnie Duncan on... Uh, I, but I deny it. But you deny it. Okay. <laughs> you can't. It's televised. The hill is bringing it. <laughs> Coming up, a key anniversary for President Biden. It's been one year since signing the PACT Act, which helps veterans exposed to toxic burn pits. We'll talk to two veterans who made that legislation possible. That's coming up here on The Hill on News Nation. Welcome back. It was a year ago that President Biden signed into law the PACT Act. That legislation expands care and benefits for veterans exposed to chemicals and toxic burn pits. The focus here was to include those who served in Iraq and Afghanistan and then came back home sick, with many now having different forms of cancer. The issue is personal for President Biden, who says his son, Bo Biden, died after being exposed to burn pits while serving in the Middle East. We only have one truly sacred obligation. And that's to equip those we send into harm's way and care for them and their families when they come home and when they don't. Earlier today, I spoke with two veterans instrumental in getting the PACT Act across the finish line. Jose Ramos is with the Warrior Project and Andrew Myatt, an Army veteran diagnosed with leukemia. I asked them about the importance of that legislation. The PACT Act, frankly, is the biggest expansion of VA health care benefits for our generation of veterans, right? Just about every single veteran who deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan was exposed to some sort of toxic exposure. Um, our data will tell you that 80% uh, of the alumni from the Warrior Project uh, were exposed in some capacity. And prior to the passage of the PACT Act, uh, a very small few percentage of those warriors were eligible for benefits for service connection as well as for health care. Andrew, you have leukemia. You served in Afghanistan. You served in Iraq. Um, you were exposed to burn pits. Tell me about your experience and how now you've been able to get help because of this legislation. Prior to the PACT Act, I actually had applied on three different occasions for the leukemia and was denied all three times. After the PACT Act, I applied, and two weeks after they went live, it was approved. So now I am eligible for any type of health care. How did they deny you? I mean, you're, you're a veteran. You have leukemia. You went and you said, I need some, some help. And they said no? A lot of it goes with um, prove you're a veteran, prove you were in the Middle East, prove you were exposed, and then prove that caused the condition. I'm looking at the numbers here, um, and it's, 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 it's hard to hear that story. But when you talk about burn pits, right, and this was in Iraq, in Afghanistan, Stuff that was burned, information, toxic chemicals, all thrown in. Eighty um, percent of those who were deployed uh, after 9-11 were exposed in one form or another. But only eight percent, Jose, have received treatment. What's the outreach been like trying to get help for, for folks like Andrew? Yeah, so there's two forms of outreach. One is Wounded Warrior Project and other organizations reaching out to individuals like Andrew to see how we can assist. But now that the PACT Act has been implemented... Uh, community at large outreach. I think this, frankly, has been the biggest outreach campaign for the VA and VA history. Same for VSOs, uh, VFW, American Legion, Woodward. You know, gov government gets a lot of grief sometimes, but you actually think the VA and the federal government's done a done a pretty good job yeah. staying on top of this in the past year. I, I think the VA did a lot prior to passage of the PACT that to position themselves to be uh, to be a bit more successful than than I think traditionally people expect them to be. They've done a great job at outreach, uh, hiring benefit claims officers to ensure that they can you know, take on that huge influx of claims. So VA has done a tremendous, and undertaken a huge effort, and I think they've done a, a great job so far. Andrew, you said basically everyone you know uh, who served alongside you in the Middle East was exposed to a burn pit. But when you see that number of, of basically only 1 in 12 have actually received tr treatment and another 1 in 12 have tried, but they haven't gotten the treatment, what would you say to not necessarily maybe people you know, but veterans who see this, who served alongside you, and, and what would you tell them now that... The deadline for this especially has been extended. Definitely apply. 
If nothing else, it gives you a year to get your documentation together and then determine if it's really needed. But you, if you don't apply, you don't know. A lot of veterans don't even get physicals after they get out of the military. You know, they just get older, and they don't realize that when you retire after 20 years, you're 38, and you're in prime shape. By the time you're, you know, 45, 50 and been working a different job, <laughs> you know. The years catch up to you. <laughs> catch up to all of us. Um, you, you know, um, this is obviously huge legislation uh, that's that's been around, Andrew. Uh, what more else needs to be done, especially for folks like yourself who served, who have cancer, and who hopefully have very long lives ahead of them still? There definitely needs to be more um, research, um, more cause and effect because the military is still being exposed. I mean, the PACT Act a lot dealt with burn pits, but exposure to jet fuel, exposure to the chemicals and missile silos, exposure to just being a mechanic in the military is known to cause you know, medical conditions later in life. So between education, research, and then I think the big thing is just to make sure that Congress continues to fund the VA to cover this. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's how our government works. Andrew, best of luck. Jose, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Andrew Myatt, Jose Ramos of the Wounded Warrior Project. Johanna, you had a a quick observation of the uh, event with the president today. I did. Like, I I just got to say, I am so grateful that we're bringing attention to this. And it is important that actually it was a Republican Utah governor who was with the president today really bringing attention to this. And it is important that it's bipartisan and it outlines the stakes for Americans. We've got to be focused on them in this presidential election in Iowa. In, in Iowa. <laughs> She's seeing me up for live pictures right now from the Iowa State Fair. Can we take them? We got them? There we go. Mike Pence, uh, of course, the former vice president. He is in Des Moines. This is what you're going to see in Iowa the next few days. Republican candidates uh, heading to that state, the first in the nation caucus, big event there. Um, Mark, you were his press secretary, the former vice president's press secretary. He needs that state. Polls show he needs a lot more to go. It's a, yeah, it's a, I'm not going to say it's a must win because no one's going to win it except for Donald Trump, but it's got to be a must place second, high second or third. Uh, or you, think it, you think it's wrapped up for Donald Trump? Oh, yeah. It's not even close. I mean, it's 40, 40 points right now in the real clear politics average. Uh, it's, it's a done deal. But this is his only, this is his only shot. You know, Midwest governor. Uh, he knows the state fair, had a few corn dogs and some uh, and some fried fried food. So if you're going to make your case, it's the place you got to do it. Done deal or no? So I don't think so. I I, I don't know the, the pride you guys do of the Iowa person. And I am actually curious of whether you think that DeSantis says he's going to do all 99 counties. Yeah. If those people feel as though they're getting some personal attention, and I do think DeSantis is better in person than he is on camera, whether they will feel slighted somehow by Trump and that 50% that I mentioned that said that they would jump from Trump, whether they whether they would jump. It's not wrapped. We haven't had the first debate yet. I mean, this I, is... This is... I, I think it's over. I agree with Mark. I think it's over. I think there's never been a candidate at this point in the race that's been up by 20 points and not been the nominee, and he's up by double that. There are he's still up by double more that. people, though, in the Republican Party than there are that are completely loyalist to Donald Trump. If someone else emerges on the debate stage, there is a chance. A what, even, what has even to happen? If, even if every Republican who is supporting another candidate other than Donald Trump united behind one person, that person still loses by 10 points. And you have a collective action problem, and not everybody's going to get out. It's not going to be DeSantis versus Trump or anyone versus Trump. You've got basically every Republican presidential candidate, as we continue to take a live look here at Mike Pence in Iowa, you've got every Republican presidential candidate except for Chris Christie going there this week. RFK Jr., going there. Marianne Williamson, going there. Not going there. President Biden. Very, do, do you think he, uh, you know, he's going to be in Delaware this weekend? You, you think it's a mistake? Should he pay some attention to Iowa? Very different situation. And of I think course, he will course, be. I think but, he will be in Iowa. I think he will go to Iowa. There will be events that are in Iowa, whether they are official or political. Right. His presence will be known there. Same with the vice president. Although, it's a different situation. I, he's an incumbent president. You know, as a Democrat who lived in Iowa, we should not cede Iowa. We should be there. I he agree. Iowa is gone as I much as we should. But I do not believe so. Spend time in Iowa. You're wasting your time. Love my Iowans. Gone is maybe headed to outer space. To the edge of space after a years-long delay. Uh, Virgin Galactic launches its first space tourist today. 
But as private flights take off, is the government falling behind? And do you want all these billionaires controlling outer space? That's coming up on The Hill. News Nation Monday. Vivek Ramaswamy fighting to become the Republican nominee for president. Facing your questions for the first time live in a national cable exclusive. The News Nation Town Hall. Vivek Ramaswamy. Monday at 9, 8 central on News Nation. Subways. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. Hi, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. All right, son. Time to put out this campfire. Dad, we learned about this in school. Oh, did you now? Okay. What's first? Smokey Bear said to. First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow, you sound just like him. Then he said. If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips. Because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Where can the skills you learn with ham radio take you? Amateur radio, often called ham radio, is the place where today's engineers got their start. Ham radio is more popular than ever before. With hands-on training in electronics, engineering, and digital communications, modern hams interface computers and radios in entirely new ways. Ham radio in the 21st century can take you around the world or into a whole new career. Learn more. Go to ARRL.org. Join us your days with energy and you're not tired anymore and your anxiety everything is gone we are the veterans health administration and our hands provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1200 facilities nationwide join hands with us to make an impact in your community learn more at vacareers.va.gov i thought it was a rash but my doctor said it was a tick bite Ticks can spread Lyme disease and other illnesses leading to chronic health issues. My brother was always having asthma flare-ups. A roach problem at home was causing it. Allergens left behind by roaches and rodents are a major driver of asthma attacks. When I had a fever and body aches, I never thought it was West Nile virus. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can spread serious diseases. Get the facts at PestWorld.org. A public service message brought to you by the National Pest Management Association. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs. But it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap. And the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver. And I dedicate a lot of my time going fast. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Clear skin. It's like the feeling of finding your back is back. Or finding psoriasis can't deny the splendor of these thighs. Once Daily Sotictu is proven to get more people clearer skin than the leading pill. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotictu. Serious reactions can occur. Sotictu can lower your ability to fight infections, including TB. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have an infection, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. Sotictu is a TIC2 inhibitor. TIC2 is part of the Jack family. It's not known if Sotictu 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Find what plaque psoriasis has been hiding. Ask your dermatologist about Sotictu 2 for clearer skin. So clearly you, so take two. Coming to the CW. Let's go! The show the pros watch is now for everyone. The pass rush is what we want. Inside the NFL. Season premiere Tuesday, September 5th on the CW. 
Welcome back to The Hill on News Nation for the very first time. Today, Virgin Galactic successfully flew paying customers in outer space. This is the company pushes toward its goal of commercial space travel, and upcoming tickets are not cheap. 450000 bucks a pop going forward. This is one of Richard Branson's babies, yet another multi-billionaire with aspirations for space. Would you guys go on this? Would you do it? No. If Why I not? could do the Clarence Thomas route where someone pays for me to go, <laughs> I'd consider it. I'd seem to find a billionaire to do it. So I'm actually pretty good. They're actually, of the three passengers, two of them were, like, randoms, right? They were paid, they paid for by $10. Space for Humanity. And I'm just, if you're going to pay for, like, the average Joe to do something... Random a house. Can I just say the way you just said randoms? Like this is the problem, the inequity between the haves and the have-nots. Here's what I want. I want the billionaires to go to space and they can colonize it and stay there. And I'll be good on Earth with the I more would go in a heartbeat. I didn't divide. win the mega millions, so I'm a little short on that. I actually think if, I actually think if you got all the money in the world, four hundred fifty thousand dollars, like you could buy a really fancy car. Go well, to space. space. Like, which one would you rather? I mean, I'm going to space. But, oh, it, but no. here's the thing about the billionaires. And 450000 by the way, buys the the nicest house in Des Moines, Iowa. Here, so I, No, I, I hear I'll you. I'm saying, I'm saying if you have, like, money where it doesn't matter. Um, so there's the focus on all these billionaires, right? you got Richard Branson doing this. You've got Jeff Bezos trying to send people up. You've got uh, Elon Musk with SpaceX. The... Uh, Spending, 2023, we spent 0.2% of our budget, U.S. federal budget, on NASA. Back in 1966, we were spending 4.5% of the budget on NASA. You could say, well, we put more of an emphasis on space then. Or maybe you could say, the billionaires, the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, mm. they're driving down costs. I love space, this. With SpaceX See, I think and, we made and a Starlink mistake. and all I that. I think we made a mistake. We, Which is? We were the ones who believed in commercialization of space, and now we've got all this space junk, and it's actually like a huge risk because if one satellite goes out, we can't we use Starlink, ATMs. Though. Yeah. we got Starlink, though, and everything that's <laughs> yeah. going on. I in love this because it junk. shows that, you know, and look, I love NASA, don't get me wrong, but the government is timid. Costs too much. Everything is overpriced. Takes way too long. Elon says, yeah, I may blow up a couple of unmanned <laughs> rockets on my Space way. Junk. But, we, I mean, he's now launching stuff like pretty much every day from uh, from the Cape, putting up those satellites. I mean, great. That's what NASA should have been space doing. Space junk. He's creating space junk. It's going to be a big problem. Your worry is really space junk over, like, totally putting Starlink up. And- I mean, this is, but this is what I'm saying is, like, we have made ourselves so reliant on this digital civilization that is being built by these billionaires we have you know like one of these things go out and our cars are all electronic and they're all connected to something and then our cars don't work big and, problem and they're all mercurial people right you really <laughs> want to rely on how elon musk is feeling that day you know so then why is space for humanity a good use <laughs> of money then well I think it's got to have government regulation. I'm sorry. Right, I'm going to well, say it. Speaking uh, of space, the online publication, The Intercept, <laughs> has published an article about the UFO whistleblower David Grush. The piece details Grush's mental health struggles, which include his battle with post-traumatic stress disorder. Ken Klippenstein, the author of the piece, shared where he got the information about Grush from. Listen. It was both the Defense Department. I mean, again, it's a mosaic. You okay. talk to as many people as you can because you don't want to be dependent on any one individual who might have a grudge or whatever uh-huh. it is. But yes, I did talk to both DOD people and intelligence. So- hmm. Elizabeth Vargas uh, joins us now. I know you're going to be talking about this tonight. What do you make of it? Because, like, as a reporter, you know, you, you talk to people. But then I guess the flip is, were they giving him this to sort of dump on David Grush? Well, I think clearly the answer has got to be yes. Um, you know, otherwise, why would you give him that information? Listen, he was just doing what reporters do, digging for information. Um, he does admit in that interview that he doesn't believe David Grush. Um, having said that, and as a reporter, I'm not sure I would have shared that. Um, I think it's important to keep our opinions out of our reporting. Um, but he now says, yes, it was people in the Department of Defense and in intelligence who pointed him to these police reports that he would never have found otherwise. Uh, and clearly the effort was to impugn his integrity or credibility um, because to say he's not to be believed because of this. The question is why? 
you know, why go to that? Especially because uh, David Grush has not kept this a secret. He told us in his ex yeah. uh, exclusive interview with News Nation that, in fact, he had had struggles with PTSD and suicidal ideation in the past. Um, this is a time when we're encouraging people to come forward with these kinds of issues, you know, a, a day, a time when we've got nearly 20 vets committing suicide every uh, day in this country. It's kind of an extraordinary tactic. But we'll talk to Ross Coltart uh, all about it uh, coming up. He is the reporter who had first interviewed David Grush for News Nation and, you know, stirred up some controversy. And it certainly is raging on social media today when he came out yep. originally and said that his medical records had been leaked. That is not true. These were police records. So we're going to talk to him about that and about what you guys were just talking about. Neil deGrasse Tyson on whether really yeah. Elon Musk should be dominating space the way he is, for example, with Starlink. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll have cool you guys all up. back in to join in on all that right. discussion. Yeah, we'll do it again tomorrow if you want. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Vargas reports coming up in seven minutes' time. Elizabeth, thank you. And coming up right after the break, stories that caught our eye. That's coming up. Coming up next. Kids ask their parents a lot of questions. Why can't people fly? Gravity. Is the moon really made of cheese? Yep, cream cheese. When can I move into a big kid's car seat? Uh... For some questions, parents may not have the answer, but that's okay. They can't know everything, but knowing the right seat for their age and size will help protect them in a car crash. Find out more at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Where do babies come from? Good luck, Dad. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Many Americans have missed regular dental care in the past few years. It's important to see a dentist twice a year to identify any problems early. Taking care of your oral health helps overall health. Brushing at least twice a day with fluoride toothpaste and flossing daily can help prevent oral health problems. For more information, visit hrsa.gov oral health. Wounded Warrior Project helps post 9-11 veterans and their families realize what's possible. With support and resources that bring warriors together and empower them to become stronger, both inside and out. It's possible to begin healing. To get the help you need. To find peace. And as each warrior's needs evolve, so do we. Because these last 20 years are just the beginning. Learn more at WoundedWarriorProject.org slash possible. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. Heather and I had an argument just like any other couple. I was lost. I had snapped. I had a gun and I was going to take my own life. Heather helped me realize that there was still a life to live for the better of myself, my family. My weapon is now safely put away. A moment of crisis can happen to anyone. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. What if one day you went to your secret hiding place and instead of what you came for, you found a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP? What would you do? Would you stop and give it some thought? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, know that there is help. You can quit. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. Entitled to a substantial cash award without going to court. For decades, aqueous film-forming foam, or AFFF, has been used. At the Veterans Health Administration, we provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1,200 facilities nationwide. Our hands are busy, competent, skilled, healing, helping, and friendly. A place where diverse teams come together hand-in-hand -hand to provide full patient-centered care. And where even robots lend a hand. Join hands with us. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Bought it cheap online. <laughs> 
<laughs> Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Patty! No! Are you okay? Somebody do something! Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet. It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Hi, I'm Dr. Kathleen Eubanks-Ming with the American Academy of Family Physicians. Bullies use power, strength, or popularity to hurt others emotionally or physically. And while you can't be with your child all the time, there are ways you can help. If your child encounters a bully, tell them to get to a safe place and tell an adult. You can also show them how to block online bullies. Teach them they can be more than a bystander and that they can help their peers. For more on bullying, visit FamilyDoctor.org or talk with your family physician. All right, so before we say goodbye, here's some other headlines that caught our eye. Johanna, starting with you. Well, it just broke. The New York Times is saying that there is a deal to free some of the prisoners in Iran. The the White House and the administration is saying there's no deal. And I think that that's important because when the deal came out, I was like, what the heck is this? It's very confusing and probably not good. several billions of dollars or something? Yes, $6 billion for five uh, hostages. I'm I'm trying to figure out how this shuffles out, but I want more explanations from the White House. Tim? So there was the Ohio special election this week Mm -hmm. in which they prevented from raising the constitutional amendment requirement from 50% to 60%. Republicans were trying to do that to stop uh, organizations from proposing constitutional amendment to protect reproductive rights. Quietly, on Monday, an organization launched a campaign in Arizona to protect reproductive rights there. So mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing from the result there, this is still a huge issue for Democrats, and you're going to see state by state. Trying to put it on the ballot. We're trying to put it on the ballot directly. For 2024. In exactly. Ohio, somebody just filed to end qualified immunity for police under that same provision. Mm-hmm. But um, for me... Um, I do live in Cleveland, and I was a former teacher, and LeBron James started a school in Akron that was like the dream. So much money, so much technology, an independent teachers union, and it's just a total failure. So none of the eighth graders are proficient in math, only a handful proficient in reading. And for me, it just reminds me that teaching is is much more than money. It requires like a very full effort, and, and hopefully people can start to shift their thinking. I'm going light tonight. Uh, I'm so <laughs> upset with all of these coffee shops and houses that are trying to get us into pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> in August. Leave my summer alone. Let's, let's Halloween's around the corner. In the, in the fall. Halloween's oh, around the Labor corner. Day. Labor, Labor Day. Labor Day after. <laughs> Come uh, on. My story, rent in Manhattan for the average person right now, 5600 bucks. It hit an all time high. That's a month. It's up 30% rent, uh, rent in the Big Apple since 2019, $85 a square not, foot. Not if you do the math, you're talking like more than 60 grand a year after tax. I mean, it's just not livable. How do you going up and up and up and up and up? All right. Well, thank you for watching The Hill here on News Nation. Thank you all as well. We'll be back tomorrow. And Elizabeth Vargas reports starts right now. How can you afford to live? The public debate over the UFO whistleblower's past is growing more